Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hear elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Over the weekend, of course, we found out that the former president, Jimmy Carter, would receive at-home hospice care for the remainder of his life after several stints in and out of the hospital. The former president has touched a lot of people uh, during his life and probably has the most significant post-presidency, I think, of any of our presidents in United States history. And one of the things that uh, he did that some people knew a little bit about, uh, some knew a lot about, it may be the most popular Sunday school class uh, in America, and that was the one taught by the former president, uh, which he did in Plains, Georgia, and someone who's actually gone to church and uh, been in that Sunday school class. Of course, Mike Maurer serves as the Senior Advisor of Community Outreach and Intergovernmental Affairs in the governor's office. And uh, Mike joins us on the line today. Mike, uh, thanks for joining in. And you and I started texting over the weekend as we started to hear a few things about the former president. Uh, you've had uh, a number of interactions with him, uh, including going to Sunday school. I, well, I, I have, and it's, you know, it's interesting. I would define myself, I grew up in the small town of Farron, Utah, was always a Reagan Republican, and yet it wasn't until I was an adult, I've always been interested in the U.S. presidency, and I heard President Carter out of Sunday school class, and I went to it at Maranatha Baptist Church in Plains, Georgia, um, and have been half a dozen times since then. And over the course of the time, I got to know Jan Williams and George Williams. She's kind of the host of the Sunday school class. And she said, uh, hey, come back afterwards and uh, meet the president. He said, there's, there's a big group that comes in for Sunday school, and he welcomes everybody and asks who's been missionaries and such, and then who's a pastor, and then goes into his lesson. But in the evening, just a dozen people come back to church, and I had a chance to go there a few times uh, and to visit one-on-one with President Carter and learn a little bit more about his faith and kind of what he knew about Utah and what he knew about my faith. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, well, give me some of that uh, perspective. We've been talking this week uh, about holy envy and what we learn about God through the faith of others. And uh, give us some perspective there. Again, someone who sat in the Oval Office, uh, obviously making big decisions, uh, and then to be sharing faith in a a small Sunday school class gathering in Plains, Georgia, uh, you had to learn something unique about the president. Well, it was absolutely fascinating because there you are, one or two. Uh, first of all, you have to get uh, go through a magnetometer with the Secret Service to get into Sunday school, which you know I've never been magged and bagged. <laughs> yeah, nobody's been magged and bagged to get into my Sunday school class over the years. <laughs> but he came in very self-effacing, wonderful sense of humor, and then picked up 
the scriptures and uh, every year taught from uh, the New Testament and just had a very profound testimony of Christ and would talk about what he was doing as a former president. He said, look, I realize I have a unique role and it opens up doors, but his whole focus was on serving his um, fellow man and woman and uh, child all around the world, whether it was fighting the guinea worm or working on voting rights or Habitat for Humanity work. He truly practiced servant leadership. He truly practiced what he preached. Uh, But it was interesting. He also had... uh, we were around the table, and Jan introduces me from Utah, and he asks, you know, the question, hey, are you a member of the LDS Church? And I said yes, and he had an interesting observation. He said, one of my favorite gifts when I was president was he said, some elders from your church came back to Washington, D.C. and visited me and gave me a family history book of the Carter family. Mm-hmm. He says, it went back hundreds of years, and he said, after I left the White House, he said, I didn't have the time to read it in the White House, but after I left the White House... Um, I got with one of my Marriott cousins from Pocatello, Idaho, and we put together this huge Carter family reunion. And he said how wonderful it was to get everybody together and how one of the most impactful gifts he had received as president was from um, the family history department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh And then he added another kind of a fun story. He said, yeah, I remember Senator Hatch came into me once, and there was a prominent political figure who was saying your church shouldn't be recognized in um, a country in Africa. And I remember having to get involved and and, uh, pick up the phone and make some phone calls and say, no, the – you know, the Mormons, as he referred to us, the Mormons are good people. You can let them into your country. And and then – of, uh, then his sister-in-law, some of you may remember Billy Carter. He had a brother who was um, a little bit eccentric. Colorful, and colorful. Colorful, <laughs> colorful to say the least. Well, uh, Billy Carter, of course, had since passed away from pancreatic cancer, but his wife Sybil attends Maranatha Baptist Church, and she was in our little Bible study group that evening, and she said, oh, you're you're one of those Mormons. She said, I just love the Mormon missionaries. I says, you do? How do you know them? She says, oh, Billy and I used to feed them all the time. She said, I was so impressed that here were two clean-cut, in this case, uh, young men. There were these two clean-cut young men riding around on bikes, telling people about Jesus and helping them to live better lives. And she said, we're Baptists, but we invited him to our house all the time. And she says, we moved to rural Georgia, and they even found us out there. <laughs> and she she just went on and on about how much she was impressed with missionaries from our church and how she and Billy Carter used to uh, feed them often. Uh, so it was, fun, it was fun to hear of his ties to, um, you know, my faith, um, but was certainly impre- impressed that both he and uh, Rosalind Carter did so much to uh, practice there. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Clippers. Yeah, they did. And they uh, I think he really felt uh, even when he was in the Oval Office, again, whether you agreed with his politics or not, uh, the one thing that you have to say about Jimmy Carter was that he understood stewardship. And I think that weighed on him heavily as president. Uh, and I think he spent the rest of his life uh, making sure that he was being a careful steward uh, of the opportunities he's been given. As you pointed out, Mike, he he knew that he had the ability to open doors or to start conversations. Uh, and I think that was one of the things he, he took with a great deal of humility, uh, that it wasn't about, uh, hey, look at me, I'm a former president. It was how can we come together to serve people, to lift humanity, and to make a difference in the world. Oh, and, and he really did that. I mean, he and his wife have been married 75 years. They live in the same home he lived in when he, uh, before he was elected governor of Georgia. It's maybe 2,500 square feet. It's probably 50 yards from a low-income housing project in Plains, and he's very unpretentious, and he's put his money in. I mean, I mean, so many of our former presidents build huge homes and, you know, live a different lifestyle. He's doing what he did before, and and every time you go to Sunday school, it's a, it's a kind of return and report of, here are the good things I've tried to do around the world this week. What are all of you doing? But it was building homes for habitat or, you know, trying to eradicate disease in Africa or, or different things like that. So he was a real uh, – he, he is a man of faith, and, and he certainly um, demonstrated that by the way uh, both he and his wife conducted their life. Yeah, so so important and such a, a great example that I, I hope everyone slows down. And, uh, and while we, we hope that he's in great comfort and we know he's getting great care – uh, at home that people slow down and really think through. I've been encouraging people to go back uh, to a talk he gave from the Oval Office that most people refer to as the malaise talk to the country about inflation and energy crisis. Uh, but he got into this whole idea of this cause for confidence in America and that we have a, a, a crisis of confidence, mostly because we've lost faith in each other. Uh, we've lost faith in government and in community uh, and encouraged us to to figure that out. And as he said, uh, that's not going to be solved in the Oval Office, uh, not that house. It's going to be in your house and yeah. in your neighborhood. And give us one last thought, Mike, in terms of uh, maybe one of those uh, Sunday school lessons from President Carter that we all should be thinking about or noodling on uh, this week. Well, I think it, it has to be uh, love one another. And his tone matters so much, and I was so impressed. Again, I didn't agree with all of his politics. I didn't agree with his stand on Israel or the hostages or different things. That all got set aside, and he came together in brotherhood and sisterhood and uh, people of different faiths, not just the Christian faith. But it was, hey, we need to work together. We need to respect each other. We need to love one another. And he and his wife have demonstrated that for you know, every year since they've left the White House. And it's been a true inspiration in this country and I think around the world. Absolutely. Mike Maurer serves as Senior Advisor of Community Outreach and Intergovernmental Affairs in the governor's office. And he's everywhere. And he is someone who has actually attended Sunday school uh, with the former President Jimmy Carter on a number of occasions. Great insight, great reflections as always. Uh, Mike Maurer, appreciate your service and appreciate your insight today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's uh, Mike Maurer from the governor's office. And uh, that's got to be just such an interesting thing to to go from uh, occupying the Oval Office, the highest office in the land, and then being just as comfortable, maybe more comfortable, standing in front of a very small group of people uh, at a church in Plains, Georgia, as the Sunday school teacher. 
but I think the former president, and I'll say it again, I think his post-presidency may well be the most significant of any president in our nation's history. Not because he went around giving great speeches, not because he built uh, great buildings on college campuses, but because he built individuals right in his own backyard and then encouraged them to go do it for others. All right, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two come up next on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.